You and your dog are a team. Fuel is best in the field and in life with Purina Pro Plan Sport. Made for hardworking dogs of all ages, every sport formula starts with real meat as the number one ingredient and is specifically formulated to support strength and stamina. Try it today and see why ProPlan is the official dog food of Ducks Unlimited. Learn more at ProPlanSport.com. Mossy Oak has partnered with Ducks Unlimited to bring you Shadowgrass Habitat, the official camo of Ducks Unlimited. Shadowgrass Habitat pays homage to the first waterfowl-specific camo pattern ever made, Mossy Oak Shadowgrass, while incorporating the most realistic, digitally accurate images of the natural habitats that make up true waterfowl habitat. Mossy Oak is committed to conservation as its highest priority. With the launch of Mossy Oak Shadowgrass Habitat, Mossy Oak will continue funding habitat protection projects through our longtime partnership with Ducks Unlimited. Check out the new Shadowgrass Habitat pattern at mossyoak.com. Step into the world of Campus Waterfowl, a community that's shaping the future of the hunting industry. At Campus Waterfowl, we're more than just hunters. We're students. We're We're conservationists. We're conservationists. With the next generation. generation. Join us as we highlight the dedication and commitment of young hunters nationwide. Visit CampusWaterfowl.com to become part of our story. Campus Waterfowl, the future of hunting starts here. We are the Ducks Unlimited Nation. United by our passion for hunting, the outdoors, and conservation. The habitats that Ducks Unlimited have been maintaining and building since 1937 have effects far beyond the duck hunting community. Follow along with our YouTube series as we tell your stories and become part of the Ducks Unlimited Nation. DU Nation. Take it outside. Welcome to the Ducks Unlimited Podcast, the only podcast about all things waterfowl. From hunting insights to science-based discussions about ducks, geese, and issues affecting waterfowl and wetlands conservation in North America, we bring the resource to you. The DU Podcast with your host, Dr. Mike Brazier. In our continuing coverage here this summer of the progress of the waterfowl breeding population and habitat survey, we have another guest joining us today. He's been on with us before and provided us some very valuable updates on what had been happening over the past few years with the survey. And so today's guest on the show is a good friend of mine, Dr. Ken Richkus, Chief of the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Services Division of Migratory Bird Management. Ken, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Mike. It's uh, always a pleasure to be here and chat about uh, this important, longstanding waterfowl survey. Yeah, we it's 65 years. or Well, it was 65 years as of two years ago, whenever we had to take the, the pandemic-induced hiatus. But, uh, you know, 67 years now from, I guess, the first year it was officially conducted. Do I, is my memory correct there? You are correct. And so we have, in fact, resumed the survey this year. I think we're uh, people will probably know by now that have been paying attention that that pilots are in fact in the air. Observers are counting ducks and counting ponds. Uh, the date of we're recording this here on June eighth, and so the survey is well underway. A few weeks ago, we actually spoke with Fred Rutger uh, from Fort Chippewyan. Of course, Ken, you know Fred very well, former Fish and Wildlife Service survey biologist, or I'm sorry, pilot biologist, and he gave us an update on some of their work. and And so, yeah, it's happening. It's super exciting. I do want to give you an opportunity here at the outset to talk about you know any of the the difficulty the preparatory work that y'all had to do to to actually make this happen get this back going this year 
Yeah, thanks, Mike. And I am happy to report and confirm that all the rumors are indeed true that uh, the May survey this year is being conducted in its entirety, which would be the first time in two years, kind of due to a break or major modifications due to COVID. Uh, but I will say that restarting the survey this year wasn't was not without its challenges. I know it's been a pretty significant lift in our part, and we started working pretty closely with the Canadian Wildlife Service uh, early in 2022 to really start the coordination of of this year's survey. And uh, just for folks that might not know, uh, this year, or well, the survey starts every year really with the formal invitation from uh, Environment and Climate Change Canada, Canadian Wildlife Service, for us to come into their country and do work. And uh, we use that formal invitation to then work with the Department of State here in the U.S. and the Canadian Embassy to essentially get what's called a country overflight clearance, which allows us to operate our aircraft in uh, Canadian airspace. And then after we have that approval, which I'm happy to say that came through uh, pretty much in March this year, uh, we then start to work to get individual diplomatic clearances for each one of our individual pilots and observers that are, are you know, crossing the border to conduct the survey. Um, it was challenges on many on many fronts because we still had COVID restrictions pretty much uh, right up to the start of the survey this year and different protocols in different provinces. Um, but I think things started trending the right way and restrictions were lifted. And uh, at the end of the day, we were able to start this year's survey with nine air crews and two ground crews from the U.S. Uh, we combined forces with three air crews and three ground f- crews from Canada and uh, started undertaking this year's survey effort. Ken, a couple of things to say here. Uh, first, we had you on uh, a couple of years ago now, I guess, where we went in-depth on the waterfowl breeding population and habitat survey, its coverage, its history, some of the methodology. We're not going to cover all that right now. This is just sort of an update on the exciting news that the survey is has been resumed. Uh, I'll also say that over the past few months, I found myself being tempted, and occasionally I, I caved to the t- temptation to kind of come to the defense of the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service in the in the, in the surveys, the lack of the surveys over the past couple of years. I think a lot of people, you know, the federal government is an easy target for anything, right? And so people were people were commenting about how, you know, why couldn't we get outside and do the surveys? And um, so safest place to be, yada, yada, yada. And so I found myself replying to a couple of people say, hey, just to clarify, and we had talked with you about this earlier, I guess, last year, clarifying that very point that it's not like the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service can just fly into Canada and start counting ducks anytime they want to. There's a lot of there's a lot of coordination that has to occur, and the restrictions, at least last year, related to some travel restrictions imposed by Canada. And um, so it's I just tried to educate people on on kind of the the international nature of this survey and and the the challenges that occur in any given year, and when you, whenever you layer a pandemic on top of it, it's just magnified. So hope you don't mind me coming to your defense there a little bit in some of those exchanges. Not at all. Very much appreciated. Yeah, when we canceled this survey in, in uh, 2020, that was right at the start of the pandemic. We knew very little bit about the virus. A lot of states and provinces were under lockdown, and it just made it uh, logistically impossible to pull off. And then, as you mentioned, last year, we still had pretty tight border restrictions, closures there with Canada, which prevented us from from entering Canada with our aircraft that year. I know CWS was was also under um, some restrictions with able to get up, being able to travel and get out and doing field work. So that formal invitation never came last year. But we were able to fly portions of the U.S. survey last year, specifically Alaska and, and uh, some of the Prairie Strata in North Dakota. But happy to resume this year. Yeah, for sure. 
Are there any portions of the survey that have changed since the last time it was fully implemented? We spoke with a number of your Fish and Wildlife Service colleagues over the past couple of years about the survey and always looking forward to or always trying to find better, more efficient ways of conducting the survey. Has, has anything major changed since the last time it was fully implemented? So this year's survey is essentially being flown as uh, planned or as designed. I know we always end up with some minor changes, tweaks, or adjustments that we need to make due to logistics such as weather, uh, maybe breeding phenology of birds, aircraft maintenance, and, and other type issues. So it's always a bit of a balance between uh, adhering to a perfect survey design uh, with kind of real-life survey logistics. Um, but nothing has changed since 2009, and given we haven't flown in the last two years, we all felt it was pretty important to keep that as consistent as possible just so we have that baseline uh, comparison. Uh, but you're absolutely right, Mike. I, I will say that we are in the midst of a, a May survey review that we're doing in conjunction with the Canadian Wildlife Service, and uh, we try to review a lot of our major monitoring programs on a periodic basis um, are we still doing the right things? Are we still doing things right? Are there better ways to do things? So we've been undertaking this review with Canadian Wildlife Service for the last couple of years, um, kind of looking at the objectives of the May survey. Is the sampling frame correct? Or maybe another way to say that is the area that we're surveying correct or still appropriate? Is the timing of the survey correct? Are there better methods? Are there better ways to design this survey, uh, better ways to collect data, um, updated ways to do estimation? So these are all things that we're, we're looking at, but uh, no changes here for, for 2022. You and your dog are a team. Fuel is best in the field and in life with Purina Pro Plan Sport. Made for hardworking dogs of all ages, every sport formula starts with real meat as the number one ingredient and is specifically formulated to support strength and stamina. Try it today and see why ProPlan is the official dog food of Ducks Unlimited. Learn more at ProPlanSport.com. Mossy Oak has partnered with Ducks Unlimited to bring you Shadowgrass Habitat, the official camo of Ducks Unlimited. Shadowgrass Habitat pays homage to the first waterfowl-specific camo pattern ever made, Mossy Oak Shadowgrass, while incorporating the most realistic, digitally accurate images of the natural habitats that make up true waterfowl habitat. Mossy Oak is committed to conservation as its highest priority. With the launch of Mossy Oak Shadowgrass Habitat, Mossy Oak will continue funding habitat protection projects through our longtime partnership with Ducks Unlimited. Check out the new Shadowgrass Habitat pattern at mossyoak.com. Step into the world of Campus Waterfowl, a community that's shaping the future of the hunting industry. At Campus Waterfowl, we're more than just hunters. We're students. We're, students. we're conservationists. We're conservationists. With the next generation. the next generation. Join us as we highlight the dedication and commitment of young hunters nationwide. Visit CampusWaterfowl.com to become part of our story. Campus Waterfowl, the future of hunting starts here. We are the Ducks Unlimited Nation. United by our passion for hunting, the outdoors, and conservation. The habitats that Ducks Unlimited have been maintaining and building since 1937 have effects far beyond the duck hunting community. Follow along with our YouTube series as we tell your stories and become part of the Ducks Unlimited Nation. DU Nation. Take it outside.
As I mentioned a few minutes ago, we spoke with Fred Rutger from the field, which that was pretty cool to be able to speak with with Fred, re- record a little episode. He was at yeah, Northern Alberta, and that was just really cool to hear about what he had seen at that time, uh, and or at least that thus far along their survey. He told us at that time it was a bit of a late spring, and I asked if he had an idea of you know the timeline for completing it, and he suspected it might be might be mid-June for some of those northern portions. Do you have any type of update on the on, on how the progress of the survey is going and when the likely completion date might be? Yeah, so it's great that you're able to talk to Fred. As you mentioned, he's one of our, our long-term uh, lifetime almost pilot biologists, and it's, it's great to have him still involved in that effort. But as he mentioned, uh, he's correct. You know, we did kind of see a, a little bit of a late spring this year. We saw some late snow and, and in April and, and uh late season rain in April and May, um, which did delay the start of the survey a little bit. But for the most part, the survey did start on time uh, and kind of in accordance with the breeding phenology of, of many of these birds. Uh, a lot of our crews will, will arrive up on the breeding grounds or their crew areas ahead of time, and we'll, we'll get out there and do reconnaissance flights uh, just to be sure we are timing the start of the survey uh, with the breeding phenology of the birds. We want to be sure that we're still not seeing massive groups of birds that are grouped up, still migrating, um, being sure that ice is off some of the major areas, but really like to see birds that are paired and on territories, and we kind of let that guide uh, the start of the survey. So we did see some minor delays this year, but for the most part, uh, everything was pretty consistent with the past. That's good to hear. So the surveys are still ongoing as of today. Is that kind of what I'm reading or do you know what the status is in the field? Yeah, so the surveys are still ongoing. We typically start every year down in the south and in South Dakota, usually around May 1st. That's our typical target start week, and we might adjust that a little bit either way, depending on the bird phenology. And then some of our far northern crews typically don't get started until uh, later in May. And uh, we do anticipate uh, those crews finishing up in the far north, northwest territories in Alaska, usually mid to, to late June. That's kind of the norm. Um, everything's on track for this year. So I know a lot of our, our prairie and uh, parkland crews have completed um, their portions of the survey, as well as Maine and some of the uh, Canadian maritime provinces. So they have uh, wrapped things up. And I think right now at this point on June 8th, we are just waiting for uh, those northern crews to finish. And I think Fred was correct that we're probably looking at a, a mid uh, to late June um, completion date for those crew areas. That's great to hear. One of the one of the timestamps that I kind of used in my conversation with Fred, with Fred was this weekend. Um, the Louisiana State Convention, Ducks Unlimited State Convention, is being held this week. And of course, Fred lives in Lafayette, Louisiana, and I was hoping to see him there. But he told me, he said, "Yeah, I don't think I'm going to be able to make it uh, for that. I think we're still going to be counting ducks at that point." It sounds like he probably is there. So, but that's good. It's great to hear that the survey is, is still ongoing. There, have you received any input or feedback from? the field on what the observers are seeing with regard to duck numbers, habitat conditions? We've obviously heard from some of our people and a few other folks, but just wanted to see if you had any kind of independent observations or reports. Um, yeah, so we do get uh, reports back, and I'm always somewhat reluctant to uh, to say too much ahead of time without having the complete picture of, of how things are looking. But uh, as I mentioned earlier, we did we were fortunate to get some, uh, some late snow there in April um, through portions of the Dakotas, as well as some rain there in late April and May, which which did improve habitat conditions from what we saw uh, earlier. Um, so that's good. Um, but as far as uh, reports from duck numbers and habitat conditions, they seem to be pretty variable. 
um, which again isn't all that unexpected. But uh, if people do kind of want that early sh- uh, snapshot of how things are looking, I would love to direct people to the Fish and Wildlife Service website. Um, our pilot biologists uh, do complete uh, pilot blogs uh, each year where you kind of get a firsthand account of what they're seeing and, and uh, when they started. And if you do go to www.fws, as in fish and wildlife service.gov, and do a search for a waterfowl breeding population and habitat survey field reports, you can find uh, those crew area reports. Um, Again, which will give you that first glimpse snapshot of of what our pilots and observers are seeing. Ken, I will tell you that I've had several people ask about those this year. So that tells me that in the past, people valued those. They read those. I don't know how much traffic you get on those websites reading those blogs, but at least people here in our organization and a lot of our a lot of our members have have been asking about them. They were they're wanting that information as soon as they can get it. So I appreciate you sharing that, and we'll see if we can't provide that link in the show notes for this uh, for this episode as well. And here, as we as we start to wrap up, Ken, we don't want to wait to take too much of your time. I do want to get to the other. You know, the I guess the culmination of all this work is the report that comes out later this year. What's the general time frame for when we can expect to see all of this data uh, summarized and presented in that report? When's that going to be coming out? So our target date every year to have the, the uh, waterfowl status report complete is typically mid-August. So that, you know, kind of the culmination of uh, all the data analysis from the, the May surveys, as well as information on a lot of the goose populations throughout North America. So uh, we try to have that done and, and uh, available for public inspection, usually by the middle part of August. And really our target there is to have all this information available ahead of the summer flyway meetings. So this information can then be used to inform the, the regulations process um, specifically for the, this year's survey will be used to inform the, the 2020, well, yeah, 2023, 24 uh, hunting seasons. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that. That was one of the other questions that I was going to ask you about and have you, have you remind people because it, we're still in sort of the early years of this new time frame within which we're setting regulations. It's a year in advance that we're setting these. So yeah, the survey results from this year will inform harvest regulations for next year, the 23-24 hunting seasons. And we try to do a, as much as we can to communicate that because there's still some confusion. People are you know, wondering about how the results from this summer and, you know, all, how all that goes. And so we try to try to remind folks of the new change. And so I appreciate you, you bringing that up. Uh, I also just want to take a moment to offer a thank you to, to you and all of your staff, as well as Canadian Wildlife Service staff, provincial staff, state agency staff that play a key role in this survey, leading it, conducting it. Uh, y'all are the ones that are out there for six, eight weeks, um, every summer, whenever we're doing the survey, uh, collecting this data that is, uh, that's so useful for the management of this resource and so interesting to the people that care about the resource. So I just want to make sure that before we end this, I, I thank you for all that. Any, any other thing that we need to talk about here, Ken, that we might not have covered thus far with regard to the, the progress of, of this year's survey? I think we covered it all, Mike, but you know, I would like to maybe just take a moment too to echo your comments and just kind of thank all that are involved in pulling off this survey every year. It's a, it's a huge effort, um, not only from the Fish and Wildlife Service, but the Canadian Wildlife Service. A lot of the state agencies contribute data and information, sometimes personnel to these efforts. 
And uh, there's a lot that goes into these things. And, and um, yeah, I just want to thank everybody involved. So, um, again, I'm happy to report that we, we seem to be back on track and, and really looking forward to this year's numbers. That's awesome. Thanks so much, Ken. Thanks for your time and joining us here. It's always great to catch up with you. Great. Good to talk to you, Mike. A special thanks to our guest on today's episode, Dr. Ken Richkus, Chief of the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Services Division of Migratory Bird Management. We also thank all the women and men in the Fish and Wildlife Service, Canadian Wildlife Service, state provincial agencies that are key parts of this waterfowl breeding population and habitat survey. We thank them for their time and their commitment to helping manage this resource. As always, we thank our producer, Chris Isaac, for the terrific job that he does with these episodes. And to you, the listener, we thank you for your time and spending with us and for your support of wetlands and waterfowl conservation. Thank you for listening to this episode of the DU Podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show. And visit www.ducks.org slash DU Podcast for resources based on today's topics, as well as access to more episodes. Opinions expressed by guests do not necessarily reflect those of Ducks Unlimited. Until next time. Stay tuned to the ducks. You and your dog are a team. Fuel is best in the field and in life with Purina Pro Plan Sport. Made for hardworking dogs of all ages, every sport formula starts with real meat as the number one ingredient and is specifically formulated to support strength and stamina. Try it today and see why ProPlan is the official dog food of Ducks Unlimited. Learn more at ProPlanSport.com. Mossy Oak has partnered with Ducks Unlimited to bring you Shadowgrass Habitat, the official camo of Ducks Unlimited. Shadowgrass Habitat pays homage to the first waterfowl-specific camo pattern ever made, Mossy Oak Shadowgrass, while incorporating the most realistic, digitally accurate images of the natural habitats that make up true waterfowl habitat. Mossy Oak is committed to conservation as its highest priority. With the launch of Mossy Oak Shadowgrass Habitat, Mossy Oak will continue funding habitat protection projects through our longtime partnership with Ducks Unlimited. Check out the new Shadowgrass Habitat pattern at mossyoak.com. Step into the world of Campus Waterfowl, a community that's shaping the future of the hunting industry. At Campus Waterfowl, we're more than just hunters. We're students. We're, students. we're conservationists. We're conservationists. With the next generation. next generation. Join us as we highlight the dedication and commitment of young hunters nationwide. Visit CampusWaterfowl.com to become part of our story. Campus Waterfowl, the future of hunting starts here. We are the Ducks Unlimited Nation. United by our passion for hunting, the outdoors, and conservation. The habitats that Ducks Unlimited have been maintaining and building since 1937 have effects far beyond the duck hunting community. Follow along with our YouTube series as we tell your stories and become part of the Ducks Unlimited Nation. DU Nation. Take it outside.